0: start with the first holiday that comes after the 4th of july and the first ha- first one that comes is labor day and labor day arguably I can make a strong case for the idea that labor day is the absolute worst holiday of all of them because any holiday that involves summer being over and i still associate it with having to go back to school summer's over we go back to school summer's over that's nothing to celebrate there's nothing happy about that that is Death, as far as I'm concerned. So not only is Labor Day not the best holiday, you could make a strong case for the idea that Labor Day is the worst holiday, all right? Now you got those uh, bogus President's Day things in early October, and nobody knows if it's President's Day or which president or what happened. it wasn't a President's Day in February, I'm totally confused. We don't even count those, go right over the top. And now it's Halloween. And Halloween is a great holiday if you're a kid or if you're a parent and you have little kids, but if you don't have little kids or you aren't a little kid, then Halloween really isn't much good to you, is it? Now you got Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, not bad. Not bad. Doesn't have any religious connotations to it, so that's nice. And you just get to basically eat until you can't move, watch football. But it's also the beginning of that rat race, that whole Thanksgiving to New Year's thing. And they've ruined Thanksgiving, which was a pretty darn good holiday, and they've ruined it by starting the sales that used to be, you know, Black Friday. Now Black Friday started into Black Thursday night. And now they're just basically saying not only to the people who are going to do the shopping, but obviously the people have to work in the stores, you don't even get to have a Thanksgiving. No turkey for you because you got to go to work because we're having door buster sales. And I love those door. We're going to go to the door buster sale. The doorbuster sale starts at 6 a.m. Come to the doorbuster sale. Don't miss the door buster sale. And then they all seem so freaking shocked when somebody actually busts the door. So Thanksgiving is what starts this crap. Then you got Christmas, which has just been ruined. And now you got New Year's Day, which is, if you don't like college football, there's really nothing going on. Everything's closed, but at least the godforsaken holidays are over. Just in time for Martin Luther King Day, which comes up in late January, which, if you're not black... I'm not really sure that that does you any good either. Maybe you get a day off, and it's like, do we really need another day off? We just had the holidays, the big holidays. But it's nice to recognize whatever progress we've made in civil rights here and recognize Dr. Martin Luther King. Okay, so that's not bad. All right, now you get into February, and here comes Valentine's Day. And you're like, wait a minute. Didn't I just have to spend all this money? I'm just getting the bills right now for all the money I had to spend for Christmas. And now I got to buy more stuff? And so you do. Now you're into St. Patrick's Day. And St. Patrick's Day is what everybody's father refers to, just like New Year's Eve, as amateur night. Because people are just puking all over the place and peeing in the streets. And again, St. Patrick's Day used to be a lot of fun, too. And uh, again, people who don't know how to control themselves ruin the whole damn thing. So there goes St. Patrick's Day. You know, there's nothing really in April. April Fool's Day doesn't count. That's a stupid... Huh? So there's really nothing in April. Let's want really to count like the first day of spring. Okay, I'll give you that. Now you get into May and it's like, okay, it's uh, getting nice here. It's getting nice. And now you got Memorial Day. Now Memorial Day is a pretty good holiday. The pools are open. It's the semi-quasi-unofficial start of summer. So that's all good. Um, The true meaning of Memorial Day really got lost a couple of years ago. But I, I have to say, I'm seeing signs of it being revived via Facebook and other social media. Because it really is sort of heartwarming to see what happens on Memorial Day. Now on Facebook, you get up and everybody's posting pictures of their fathers in their military uniforms or their grandfathers or whatever. So, you know, Memorial Day is making a very, very strong comeback. But then you get 4th of July and there's nothing wrong with the 4th of July. It's perfect. Again, no religious connotation added to the whole thing. It's just like, hey, there's a lot of things wrong with America. But guess what? The words of the Atlanta rhythm section, I ain't going to let it bother me tonight. And it's just grilling in pools and baseball and fireworks and hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet and the whole thing. There's just nothing wrong with the 4th of July. The best holiday. Now I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're our teenage guest, is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful, like, well, look. At- that voice inside you say i've heard it all before it's like deja vu all over again thursday may 25th 2023 you are at jcontheline.com and this will be the last podcast now until next tuesday i'll talk about that Here in just a couple of seconds. Uh, Let me first preface what you heard in the intro by saying, I love Facebook on Memorial Day. Because for whatever reason, and for how short a period it may be, we do get people acknowledging what the uh, holiday is supposed to really be about. And I love seeing the old pictures of people's fathers and mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers, aunts and uncles, people like that who served in the military and these old pictures, you know, I got old pictures from my dad from the 1940s from World War II when he was in the military. He was a tail gunner instructor. And I think I have told this story before when they would uh, have guys who appeared to display anything over the standard level of intelligence they would usually make them instructors. It's like, okay, you're not stupid here. You teach other people how not to be stupid. And in this particular case, it was my dad who would instruct the guys how to use the tail gun things. And this is a little bubble that used to come out of the bottom of some of these planes. And your ass is hanging out of the bottom of the plane. And for the life of me, I don't understand how anybody who did that ever survived. In fact, my dad told me a couple of times that you know he would send the guys over after their instructional period. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, they'd come back in a body bag. So normally when you're an instructor in the service, at least the way it was back in the 40s, you would do that for, you know, a couple of months. And then they would say, all right, now it's your turn to go over too. But for some reason, probably because my dad was doing too good a job, Every time somebody said, well, it's time to send Corcoran overseas, somebody would step in and go, yeah, he's doing too good of a job on the instruction. Just skip his name for right now. We'll deal with it later. And so, you know, in all honesty, he should have been sent over and it would have been his ass hanging out the back of a plane. But instead, there he was sitting in Brownsville, Texas, where he said it was the hottest he had ever been in his entire life. And he... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is like I guess this is sort of funny in retrospect when you stop to think that we're talking about a war here. we're talking about a war, but the thing that uh, upset my dad about the service almost more than anything is that when he would go to the mess hall, they would just be slopping stuff into the mess kits and they would get gravy on his jello. And it drove him nuts. And I still remember when we'd be sitting, we had a meal that involved gravy. He always had like a wall built up with some other kind of food there to keep the gravy from getting into places that didn't belong. So, then, you know, one day he gets his orders to go overseas. And a couple of weeks before he's supposed to go, Harry dropped the big one. The war ended. And that was that. My dad got married, my mom, in St. Louis at Union Station. He got some sort of a weekend pass. He came in by train at Union Station. My mom came down from Chicago. They got married. They had their uh, honeymoon at a house they rented in Belleville. The name of the family was Kinsella, which, you know, is. Being a fan of Field of Dreams as much as I am, I always thought that was a little eerie. But then my dad went back to the service, my mom went back to Chicago, the war ended, and then they uh, reconvened in Chicago, and the rest is history. And along comes little baby JC. But like I said, um, even though I love the 4th of July more than any other holiday, as you heard in the intro, for the people who do, who do pay attention to what the real meaning of memorial day is and again there's nothing wrong with the pools being open and you're having a big barbecue and watching baseball and doing all that sort of stuff nothing wrong with that at all heaven knows i think we all need more downtime but i just don't like it when people don't even bother putting a flag out or anything like that or don't spend at least 30 seconds just for a moment Remembering what the meaning of the holiday is really about. But none of it really matters because we're about to be saved. Ladies and gentlemen, Ron DeSantis has rolled out his campaign. And even though he had Mr. Twitter himself, Elon Musk helping him out, the rollout was a disaster. Now, DeSantis said it was a disaster and that the website basically melted down because of so much amazing level of interest in his campaign, which, in all honesty, I think is a little bit far fetched considering he's 27 points behind the front runner. This is going to get ugly, folks. It's going to get real ugly. Um, There seems to be indication that sometime in August, charges are going to finally come down, indictments are going to come down on Donald Trump with regard to the whole election fraud situation down in the state of Georgia. Apparently, they have reserved some Supreme Court buildings and locations and stuff like that for late August. They say three weeks are involved in this whole thing, where the grand jury presumably will get together with government officials and prosecutors. And at the end of August, kaboom, at least in theory. That bear that was spotted in Festus a couple of times bought the farm yesterday. Somebody got him. Bear wasn't doing anything wrong. The bear was just living in its natural habitat, and we moved in to its home. But you can't shoot people, so they shot the bear instead. Tina Turner. God, what do you say? People loved her. People adored her. And to overcome all the stuff she overcame. You know, Ike's walking around going, I didn't do nothing to nobody. like right, right, right. And then the movie came out. What's Love Got To Do With It? And people were like, whoa, whoa, Ike. That was pretty much the end of him. 200 million albums. Eight Grammys at fifty six. She was hired as the face of a twenty million dollar campaign for Hanes Pantyhose because of those legs. I played Radio Ganga on the morning show, on the morning radio show today at one oh one five and one oh one seven, our new station, K Wolf. And uh Lady Ganga is one of the songs that was performed by Freddie Mercury and Queen at live aid back in 1985 which tina turner performed at along with mick jagger they performed together so there's a little bit of a harmonic convergence there i guess she was sick for a long time i think somebody said it was some sort of lung problem but um she made it to 83, living in Switzerland, living the good life. She ate well. She exercised. She never smoked. She never drank. She never did drugs. 83 is pretty good. It is the last day of school for my daughter, who's 13, will be completing 7th grade, will then become an 8th grader, and then after that, a year from now, I may get a little weak in the knees because she's going to go to high school. I'm not ready for that. You know, I'm at the stage in my life where some very odd things are happening in my brain where i think to myself and maybe this has happened to you too i don't know but you think to yourself this might be the last time i ever do this life expectancy in this country i think is 77 now for men and let's just say you got you're 70 years old today you go out and buy a car Probably the last car you're going to buy because the way cars are being made now, people are holding on to them even longer. So that might be the last time you ever buy a car. You go to a certain city that you, maybe maybe you have some vacation spot that you've always liked. And you think to yourself, this might be one of the last times I'm coming here. We're out playing baseball bright and early at 10 o'clock yesterday morning, and I have a problem with my left hip, which is getting worse and worse and worse. And they want to go in there and replace it. So as I'm pitching yesterday morning, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can still pitch after you have a hip replacement surgery. Is this the last time I'm ever going to have the sensation of being out here throwing a baseball? I got friends from college and stuff like that where you're like, hey, we're going to be coming through town. I haven't seen you in 25, 30 years, but we're going to be coming through. Maybe I'll stop it and just say hello. And as you're driving away, you think to yourself that's the last time I'm ever going to see that person. One of the two of us isn't going to make it a lot longer. And it's not that I have some sort of obsession with death. It's just that I've become a lot more cognizant of it. And I think that's being realistic. And you always want that last thing or that last encounter or that last trip to be perfect because that's how you want to remember it. Or you be laying on your deathbed thinking, Boy, I went to see that Eagle show, and boy, did they suck. I should have just been happy with the one I saw five years earlier. You know what I mean? I find myself getting more and more uh, angry when I have to sit through a movie that stinks. Because I'm thinking to myself, again, if I'm on my deathbed, wouldn't I like to have those two hours back? Or in this particular case, 90 minutes, which I think is one of the best things I can say about the movie about my father with Sebastian Maniscalco and Robert De Niro. It is one hour and 29 minutes long. Uh, For people who think Sebastian Maniscalco is funny, you'll probably have a great time at the movie. I'm not in that group of people. As far as I'm concerned, he's like Dane Cook. Remember when Dane Cook was making all that money and doing all those comedy specials, and you're looking up there going, how the fuck did you get up there? You stink. You're not funny. And that's how I feel about Sebastian Maniscalco, who's going to talk like this the whole time. It's like, oh, Christ sakes. If you're going to do it once in a while, fine, but don't talk like that the entire time. You're driving me nuts. And the material's not funny. You notice That Sebastian Maniscalco is not seen hanging out with any of the really, really hot, good, top-notch comedians. You know why? Because they know he's not funny. You didn't see Dane Cook hanging out with the cool kids. I've laughed harder at Kathy Griffin than I laughed at either one of those two, and that's saying something. So I went to the movie figuring, okay, look, I'm going to give this guy one more chance to win me over. It didn't work. That whiny delivery, the jokes that aren't funny, and the, you know, I I don't know. I was raised on comedy that was intelligent, well-written, sharp, funny. It could be still really, really stupid, but it was stupid in a smart way. Look how juvenile some of Steve Martin's stuff is, but then he turns right around and hits you with something that's like a reference to the Renaissance or something, and you're like, "Whoa, whoa!" There's a lot going on here. This stuff from Sebastian Maniscalco is hit you over the head comedy. There's nothing subtle about it. And the woman who plays his fiance, I just wanted to chase around with a fly swatter and just smack her a couple of times. Nobody should have that much energy. And then you got Kim Cattrall from Sex and the City. She plays the mother of his fiance and she is not a particularly accomplished actress and it shows there's a lot of formulaic stuff in here you gotta have the obnoxious rich brother who you know i don't know as i was watching this something to myself you know what they're ripping off wedding crashers here that's exactly what this is now while i sat there i smiled a couple of times but i didn't laugh once in the whole 90 minutes the audience that i saw it with was roaring they were laughing their asses off Should also be pointed out that they were radio contest winners, and they're just happy to be out of the house getting something for free. And it did not look to be a particularly sophisticated bunch. Let's just leave it at that. And I'm not... Unnecessarily passing judgment on people. I'm just making an observation and to let you know that there is another side to this whole thing. Uh, uh, one thing about Robert De Niro's character, you know, because what they do is they do all these dumb jokes for the first hour and 15 minutes. And then the last 15 minutes, they try to get really emotional on you and pull this stuff where there's some scenes with De Niro, where he has to cry and stuff. And I'm thinking, you're trying to do two different movies here. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, my dad was a member of the Greatest Generation, and Sebastian Maniscalco's real-life father, on whom this movie is loosely based, is one of those very sort of charmingly unassuming guys, not particularly sophisticated, never made a lot of money, never was rich, you know, never had some big fancy car. He's just one of those guys who sort of worked hard, took what he was given, and didn't complain. And, to be honest, I think the world needs a little bit more of that. But this guy comes off as being so socially retarded. You look and you think to yourself, has this guy been out of the house in the last 40 years? I mean, Curly Howard seemed to know what was going on around him better than this guy. I mean, I can understand, you know, if you're in prison for 30 or 40 years, you come out, you don't know how to work a cell phone. That I understand. But this guy who plays his father, played by Robert De Niro, is being given material here that is so far beneath him. And it was just I just found the movie more sad than anything because it's a piece of junk. Now, again... You're going to talk to friends and family members and stuff like that who are going to say, oh, we want to see About My Father. Oh, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, well, again, the whole, the whole foundation on which this movie is set is whether or not you think Sebastian Maniscalco is funny or not. And I don't. Two out of five corks for About My Father. It opens tomorrow at a theater near you. Back on this date in 1985, you may remember Hands Across America. Millions of people holding hands from one end of the country to the other. They didn't sort of make it. They they probably needed about four or five more million people because there were breaks in the chain. But it was a nice thought, and they gave it their best shot. Jay Leno made his debut as full-time host of The Tonight Show, succeeding Johnny Carson on this date back 31 years ago. Jesus. 1992. 1981. was a daredevil In Chicago, the name of uh, Daniel Goodwin, Spider Dan, he would climb buildings wearing a Spider-Man costume. He wouldn't tell anybody that he was climbing the building, and one day he decides to start Climbing the Sears Tower in Chicago took him seven and a half hours. A couple of years later, I remember for some reason, I was downtown really early in the morning and he was climbing the arch and he did it early in the morning because he said later on that because the arch is stainless steel, and this was summer, that uh, the arch would get so hot that if he didn't do it early in the morning before the damn thing heated up, it would melt his suction cups. And then what do you got, right? Star Wars released on this date. 1977. Midnight Cowboy came out in 1969. John Voight, Dustin Hoffman. When it came out, it was rated X because of nudity and sexuality and drugs. It was all shocking. And 10 years later, when they re-released the movie, the rating was downgraded to an R. They didn't change anything in the movie. So it must've been us that changed. My daughter in school has been learning about racism the last couple of weeks she doesn't know this one 64 years ago today 1959 the supreme court ruled that prohibiting boxing matches between blacks and whites was unconstitutional good news for equality bad news for for white people they haven't won a boxing match with a black guy since and speaking of black guys how about this at 3:15 on this date 1935 jesse owens Runs 100 yards and 9.4 seconds, tying the world record. A few minutes later at 325, he long jumped and broke the world record at 26.2 feet, one 8 inches. A couple of minutes later at 335, he runs the 220 in 20.3 seconds, breaking a record. And at 4 o'clock, he runs the 220 low hurdles in 22.6 seconds, breaking the world record that stood for 11 years. Hitler was standing there going, shit then, you know, Jesse Owens shows up at the Olympics, pretty much blew Hitler's whole gig about white about white supremacy. Let's say in 2004, I still remember this, I just picked up my daughter, who was very little at the time, from Our Lady of Lords, drove out to Olivet, where I was living at the time, was on the phone with my lawyer, as a matter of fact, when a hailstorm came through. And... As it got worse and worse and worse, I was trying to explain to my lawyer what was happening. And I know he thought I was exaggerating, but man, I'm telling you, I got a new roof out of the deal. My car had to have something like $4,200 worth of storm damage repaired. And I still have the pictures of my daughter standing in what appears to be a snowbank, but it was 85 degrees outside. It was hail. That was freaky. As bad as it was in Olivet, it was worse in a lot of other places. I remember, I don't know if it was this storm or one a couple of years later, the one that uh, tore off all the siding of all the buildings up near Alton. You'd be driving up to Fast Eddie's or something and it'd be like, what's going on here? There's siding all over the place. Just the, the hail was was coming down like sideways and just ripping the siding off of homes and buildings all over the place up in Alton. I mentioned this at the top of the podcast. I'm going to be taking a couple of days off now. It's been a rough couple of weeks. Let's leave it at that. But um, after an 88 yesterday, 79 today, 77 tomorrow, Saturday 82, Sunday 84, Monday 86. If you gave me the power to control the weather, I don't think I could come up with a better weather forecast than that. And no mention of any rain. And uh, into the 90s next week. You notice I even talked about baseball. Cardinals, Jesus. Steven Matz with a perfect game last night in Cincinnati. He didn't miss a bat. 10-3 the final. The Adam Wainwright story is a riot. If you were watching the game last night, you already know what I'm talking about. There's a position with every Major League Baseball team called the Traveling Secretary. And the Traveling Secretary's job is to, in the case of, let's just say, after the game today. Cardinals have a day game today. In Cincinnati and then they go off to Cleveland to start a weekend series tomorrow so they put out you know a little memo a little text to everybody all the ball players and say okay please have all of your luggage tagged and at the little stand down by the front desk in a little room there and uh don't worry about it you know because they want to say just concentrate on playing baseball don't worry about this stuff okay I know we got a road trip coming up here but bring all your bags down go to the ballpark play the game shower shave change clothes Get on the bus. We'll get you to the airport that takes us to Cleveland. And when you get to Cleveland, you get to a hotel All your bags are going to be there. We guarantee it. That's the job of the traveling secretary, a very, very important job. A guy whose name you may recognize, C.J. Cherry, did it for the Cardinals for years and years and years. He should have written a book, by the way. Sometime I want to have him on the air just to talk about the job of a traveling secretary and just great stories that he has because I'm sure he has a lot. So in any event, yesterday, Adam Wainwright comes down. Into the lobby of the hotel. A lot of his teammates are waiting there. And now everybody starts laughing. And Wayne Wright's looking around like, what are you guys laughing at me for? And they're like, "Um, I see you're all packed up for the road trip. He's like, yeah, why? He goes, well, because we have another game tomorrow <laughs> here. We're coming back to the hotel and saying overnight again. You're a day off, wayne That's pretty damn funny. Anyhow, Miles Michaelis with the start this afternoon. And HL playoff action. Nothing like a little drama Florida scores with 4.3 seconds left in regulation last night to eliminate Carolina. Mike Trout of the Angels passing Joe DiMaggio on the all-time home run list. Celebrity birthdays for today. If this makes me a dirty old man, fine. I'm a dirty old man. But I find this two-time Olympic gymnast Ally Raisman, who's 29 today, breathtakingly attractive. In addition to just being beautiful and sexy. And she'll occasionally pose for a picture semi-nude or in a swimsuit or something like that. So she sort of gets it. And she's just so pretty. And when you hear her talk, she's so smart. She's socially conscious. And I'm telling you, she the shit. Octavia Spencer, 53, Mike Myers. Hard to believe that Mike, little Mike Myers from Saturday Night Live is 60 today. Klaus, my name. We have some making you sing with the Scorpions. He's 75 today. If you were around in the 60s, there was a TV show called Room 222, and there was this unbelievably pretty girl, actress by the name of Karen Valentine, who I don't believe has been seen in public in 40 or 50 years. I don't know where she is, what she's doing, but she ain't around, but she's 76 today. I'll bet you she still looks fucking great. Frank Oz, the voice behind, well, Fozzie Bear, Cookie Monster, Burt, Grover, Animal, Miss Piggy, and Yoda... 79 today, Leslie Uggams is 80, and Sir Ian McKellen is 84. Today on Netflix, the series premiere of something called FUBAR. Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a veteran CIA agent forced to work with his daughter on a mission after they find out that they've been lying to each other for years about working for the agency. She's played by somebody named Monica Barbaro. Oh, the chick from Top Gun Maverick. All right. 100 years of Warner Brothers on Max. That's narrated by Morgan Freeman. That's today. This is the third anniversary back in 2020 of the murder of George Floyd up in Minneapolis. 18 years ago today, 2005, Carrie Underwood defeats Bo Bice to become the fourth American Idol. She did her audition in St. Louis. She's from Oklahoma, but she came to St. Louis for the audition. And finally, researchers say eating fish can increase your sex drive my wife said you ought to eat a whale And with that, the J.C. Corcoran podcast for Thursday, May 25th, 2023 is in the can. We're here every weekday morning at 11 following the radio show, which airs 530 to 10 at 101.5 in St. Louis and 101.7 West and beyond. It is K-Wolf with Rocket Americana. And uh, about 11 o'clock every day, this pops up absolutely free. Please spread the word about the radio show and about the podcast. You'll be helping me out a lot. I noticed yesterday, Facebook sent me a notification that my, uh, Facebook engagements over the last 2 weeks were up 72%. It seems to coincide with the idea of me coming back on the air at 1015 and 1017. So, please be careful over the weekend. Watch those little kids around the pool, would you please slow down a little bit on the highways. And at some point, eh, try to remember what the Memorial Day holiday is actually all about. Okay, we'll talk to you again on Tuesday. And In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye.